Butcher Baker Podcast Maker, the food podcast series where we get to know a little bit more about the foods people enjoy from recipe favourites to biscuit chat. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I am Jemima's grandma and um, I live by myself. So the type of uh, meals, times of meals, that sort of thing are a bit random because I don't have to cook for anyone in particular except just myself. So grandma, what did you have for supper last night? Well actually I had for supper last night, I didn't actually have it till nine o'clock. Wow. And it was um, your soup that your mum had brought round earlier in the day which I thought was delicious. It was potato and something else, there was another taste in it. Leek and potato? Leek and potato, possibly leek and potato, yeah. And, uh, And I had that. Uh, I had it late, I'm not normally as late as that, but it was just because I'd been doing other things as well and I wasn't particularly hungry, I'd had a late lunch and um, and that was why I wasn't eating till that time. But I, um, my meals are a bit haphazard. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favourite kind of food while you were growing up? Well, I have to tell you that I was six years old when the Second World War started. So pretty much from then on through for another five or six years, our food was very restricted because we had ration books and we could only have a certain amount. So really and truly, um, my favourite food would have been whatever was available. (laughs) Food was available, you know. London restaurants. The Ritz Hotel was still open in London. We never never went to London apart from changing trains, you know, when you had to go from one station to another. But, um, and and it amazed me to find out that there was food around, but if you had the money to to buy it. It was the lap of luxury. Yeah, it really was. I think people that, I mean, was it illegal? I don't know. It may have been that they they got these because that wouldn't have been a very fair distribution of food because it was one of the good things about the Second World War that that the type of diet that was provided for the working classes uh, was was very good. I mean, the the young children who suffered from things like, you know, where, where they'd got weak bones and things like that, they were healthier at the end of the war than they'd been before because you know the rationing was well worked out as to a wedding cake and you wouldn't have the ingredients to to be able to make one so they used to have false ones you know the pictures well it was like an upside down tin you know that you put over the top onto a plate (laughs) and that may have been just um well, whatever you could get hold of, a Swiss roll even or something like that, <laughs> and put this over the top to make it look like a wedding cake. You could put sort of candles on and whatnot, but it wasn't a wedding cake at all. Really? Which made it all the more remarkable at the end of the war, because when the war was over, you had ration books for a long time. I mean, Grandad and I were married, and I mean, the war was over in 1945. Yeah. Grandad and I were married in 1954, and meat was still on ration in 1954 and I don't know whether anything else was but things like bread went on to ration after the war was over so the Queen and Prince Philip were married in 1947 Mm -hmm. and their wedding cake I mean as you can imagine had several tears on it very grand and people were so thrilled that something like that colourful to look forward to after all those years of, you know, nothing, that um, they donated 
they sent fruit and stuff in to so that she could have a proper wedding cake. Wow. So people were giving up, you know, their rationing for her to for the um, queen. to have a nice, you know, a nice time. So it was, uh, and at one time, I think, because I'd seen a documentary about it, that Churchill, who was prime, um, prime minister just all through the war, he didn't think it was a good idea to um, make a big splash of the royal wedding because mm. when you see photographs of it, when you see the procession, because at that time there were very, very few, hardly any television sets around, Yeah. Um, that what you saw of the royal wedding was on the cinema. When you went to the cinema and they had the news on, you know, there were all the current events and everything that were on the news. And uh, her wedding was on there. And you realised all the bomb damage, you know, as the coaches were going mm. down to Westminster Abbey. There were still buildings, because this was only two years after the war finished, and there was so much bomb damage in London, that it was all hadn't been cleared or rebuilt or anything. So you realised just how bad conditions really were. Buckingham Palace itself looked very dingy, you know, it needed a good repaint and whatnot. So it was a very, um, you know, still a lot of time with with it being um, nothing much that you could eat and do. And when you you look at the clothes, for instance, I know they're black and white photographs and everything, but if you saw it in colour at all, it was um they were dull and dingy looking you know yeah. it was that, nothing colorful and it took a long while for that to to change <clears throat> and uh, and as i say with regards to the fruit i should think maybe the wartime wedding cakes did have these false covers over because it must have been only towards christmas because people they were determined the government was determined that you could try and keep Christmas as well as you could. Yeah. The the fruit, dried fruit started appearing in the shops and there'd be a, a board, like a black, not blackboard, but a board. Well, I suppose like when you get the dish of the day yes. in, in the restaurants now, you know, you and the they'd, got, they'd got everything on there that they'd got in stock. And if you've got a ration book number between something and something, you were entitled to have like half a pound of, raisins or something like that but but all the other ingredients you know like butter and margarine you only can you imagine this and because granddad loved butter <laughs> yeah auntie sarah's inherited his love of butter <laughs> you could only have four can you imagine four ounces sort of a half a block of butter of butter per person per week wow you'd have to make that really sparingly well what my mother used to do was she used to mix the butter and the margarine together. Yes. And uh, sort of not melt them down, but sort of mash them up, you know, with together. a fork. And spread them over the bread. And um, and that was really a way of kind of making it taste a little bit better. And last longer. You know, and last a bit longer. But then, um, so so every all the ingredients you needed, and I'm thinking about meals that... Because you couldn't get the amount of meat either, really. Uh, well, your ration was, again, not very much. Um, that we used to... You could get corned beef. I don't know if you've yes, ever seen any yes. corned beef. Um, do they still sell it in tins? They still sell they it in 
They used to be supermarkets, but I've seen it in butchers more recently. Yes. Well, these used to come in tins because a lot of the food came in from America. Yeah. And they were in tins with a kind of a key. You know the key where you've got like a a flat piece of metal and you you put thread it through this key, which had a sort of a hole. Maybe. A a slice in, you know, that you could... Um, and it undid and oh, yes. wound the top of the tin, and you could sort of just sort of take this corn beef. It was very, very tasty, actually. It came from Argentina. And um, you could have that. My mother used to make a meat pie using that. Um, you could get vegetables, and I don't think, I don't remember vegetables being on ration. But everything was seasonal, of course. Yes. So you could only get the fruit in the autumn, you know, when, yeah. when they were ripe. Um, and uh, so we, to live like that through the whole of the Second World War, five years. That's a long six time. Six years, six years, because it was 1939 through to 1945, as to what you could have. Sorry, that's... Uh... <laughs> no, it's really interesting. What is your current favourite kind of food? I think I suppose it's really like a, a nice roast dinner, like a Sunday roast. What's your favourite roast? Um, probably beef, but uh, after that it would be like um, a Christmas roast, you know. Yeah. Either chicken or turkey, uh, that sort of thing. So, Grandma, if you're going out to eat anywhere, obviously take away the whole pandemic aspect. Mm-hmm. Where is your favourite restaurant? Um, usually the ones around here. I like the Windhofer. Yeah. And the um, when the Red Lion at East Haddon is a very nice one, isn't it? Yeah. So I think um, this side of, um, of town, we've got a good choice of yeah, places so. to go to. Um, much better than going over, say, towards the eastern side of town. I think it's the, the village pubs around here are really nice, really good food. So, Grandma, what's your favourite vegetable? Um, I think broccoli. A more exciting question, what's your favourite biscuit? Biscuit, well, I'm very susceptible to chocolate biscuits and uh, I like them, though, completely covered in chocolate, (laughs) if I have the choice. But uh, normally, um, what I'm buying regularly is things like shortbread, the shortbread fingers. Oh, yeah. And um, I quite like the uh, custard creams. That's not a chocolate biscuit. No, that's <laughs> true. Well, say the half chocolate one, then the malted milk ones. Oh, yes. You know those. What about a digestive? Yes, chocolate digestive I like. Um, what else would I have? Can't think of anything else. I, I, what I don't like are <laughs> chocolate flavoured ones, the, the sort of like bo- bourbon. So you don't like but, a bourbon? No, no, I don't like those very much. I don't know why, but I just don't like them very much. <laughs> <laughs> so who is your current favourite chef? of the moment um let me see well i like my she's not of the moment i suppose though she's producing a new book isn't she nigella lawson yes i think is always a very reliable uh one yeah i love nigella um and uh and mary berry of course i like classic and um i think i suppose that uh, well, I know there's um, 
there's several of the men that are particularly good, aren't they? But I quite like um, Nadia. You know, I prefer the the women, I think, to the yes. to the men. So possibly those three. But generally speaking, I have to admit that apart from watching Bake Off, I don't see a lot of um, other uh, cooking programs except, as I say, Mary Berry and um, and Nadia. Because um, you've been watching Nadia Bakes, haven't you? Because we spoke about um, that the I've other day. certainly recorded them, but I haven't seen all of them. I've got them. I usually record quite a bit of stuff because um, anything else on telly, if it's a bit boring, you know, I know <laughs> that I've got plenty of things that I can watch that, that I've recorded. What was the last cookbook or recipe you enjoyed? Well, uh, somebody that I haven't mentioned, of course, because she's sort of... Um, further back in time is um Delia Smith yeah and actually you've got I've got her complete book of cooking and I do find again that her recipes are very um are very good yeah and um and that's probably the the book that I turn to most of all she's a very trusted woman Mm. (laughs) yeah so, Grandma, which is your favourite ring on the hob? It's the the bottom left hand, um, and I think it's my favourite one because actually I think it's the it's the one that heats up the fastest. Yeah. Because uh, this is an electric hob, and it's a ring. You know, that's, uh, not I've no, I've never been used to having the um, induction hobs. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. The only time we've used those is when I've been on holiday. They're, when we've self catered, they generally tend to be that type of hob and yeah. uh, I find those a bit difficult to control but um, I like the one I got. Trusty. Yep. <laughs> so grandma now on to the favourite meal questions. It's your favourite meal ever. You have no boundaries on how much you can eat. What will you be having and why? So what will you be having for your starter or starters? I suppose um, probably yes, uh, soup. What type of soup? Um... I generally like a smooth soup. I wouldn't have, say, like a vegetable one where you've got loose vegetables in. So it would be like um, leek and potato or maybe um, the sort of carroty one. Nice. That would be... But um, starters, I tend not to have if I go out for a meal because I find that it sort of takes the edge off the enjoying the main course if you're in this fantabulous world where yes. you're never going to get full you'd yes. have soup for a starter yes and what drink will you be having with your starter drink um i tend only to have one glass of wine i would never have a bottle for example <laughs> to to have um because even even if i was with even when granddad was here and we used to go out together we never used to buy a bottle yeah we just had a glass each so it would be a glass and for me it would be dry white wine lovely so grandma what will be your main or mains of choice um i do like pies what type of pies i'm just trying to think sort of like um chicken pie um yes yeah chicken and mushroom something like that with a, a nice sort of rich gravy with it that's if there isn't a roast 
available because sometimes a carvery I like that sort of place where you can have a choice of you know from all the vegetables and things that uh, you can you can pick and if it was a carvery then I quite like um, pork you know if it's sort of like leg of pork yeah and what would be with the pork well mm, roast potatoes some crackling certainly (laughs) with the pork and um, and the you know like broccoli and uh, yeah I think um, peas if uh, those sort of green vegetables. Nice. Mm. No Yorkshire puddings, or is that a Oh, scene? yes. Um, yes, actually, I am very fond of Yorkshire pudding, I and know. I know you're supposed to have it just with beef. <laughs> but I um, don't think so. I think you uh, should have it with everything. We um, always have had it with everything. So what would you be having as a side order? What? Uh, do you mean if the vegetables came as a side order? No, I mean, like, you could have chips, you could have extra potatoes you could have anything yes i suppose it depends how how it would be plated if it came with vegetables on the plate then i wouldn't want anything else yes i wouldn't want anything extra what drink will you be having with your main and sides you're not having sides so your main well again as i say i only ever have one glass of wine water so oh yes i'd always have water (laughs) yeah i would always have water on the table um but i i wouldn't have any more you know sort of alcoholic drink just water just water juggle still or sparkling oh well normally i would um i would have sparkling if i was buying it as a you know in a bottle or something like that but uh when i have water during the day it's usually just sort of out of the tap (laughs) yeah what will you be having for your pudding or dessert i like the um if they'd got sort of eclairs or something like that chocolate eclairs um or um, the sticky toffee pudding I'm very fond of. Yes. With ice cream or cream? I would have cream, I think. Uh-huh. Controversial. <laughs> I also like if they'd got um, anything with meringue. Eat and mess yes. or just meringue? Yes, the eat and mess I like very or much. Or a pavlova. Pavlova. All of the above. <laughs> yes. Yes, I mean, uh, the only thing I wouldn't like with a pudding would be a crumble, I think. So any any kind of choice in the in the pudding range I usually like every pudding yeah I mean a cheesecake for example what type of cheesecake uh, lemon I think ah I thought you were going to say vanilla cheesecake so that's confusing (laughs) no I think uh, lemon cheesecake is something I like I like that throughout the meal you're like I know what I'm having it's quite simple and then when it got to pudding you're like right I'm going to have as many puddings as I'd like (laughs) (laughs) perfect I love that will you be partaking in a cheese board no no. No. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> now, that was something that Grandad liked. He, he would often prefer a cheese board to any pudding and wouldn't have any pudding at all. I've never fancied a, anything like that from the from a cheese board. From what you can remember, if Grandad didn't opt for a pudding, what would be on his cheese board of choice? Um, when it comes, it normally has a bit of, you know, a selection, doesn't yeah. it, of all different sorts. And he would usually try all of them. Yeah, and what was his favourite cheese? I think probably, what's the red one? Is it Leicester? Red Leicester. Red Leicester and cheddar and i don't know whether he would yeah i think he would have had something like blue stilton as well yeah that sort of thing that's a solid cheese board choice (laughs) (laughs) would you finish the meal with anything well we always 
had um, coffee at the end of the meal, which I know through having dined out with family, that family doesn't always have one as well. So if we were by ourselves, we would always have one, whatever meal it was, you know, lunch or dinner in the evening. Um, But if the family don't want one, then we don't always bother because um, it would just hold everything up, you know, if they wanted to go home. So, um, but I I think um, I would always add that, that I would have liked coffee at the end. I was going to say, what type of coffee would you have? Well, um, generally it's um, Americano. Yep, delicious. And um, I don't like ever so strong coffee, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have ever want an espresso or anything like that. But Americano is um, fine with me. So, Grandma, I thought I'd let you know that the biscuit of the week is a chocolate digestive in memory of Grandad. Mm-hmm. As we know, today was supposed to be his birthday. It was his 90th birthday today. Oh, yeah. So I don't have any biscuits to taste test with you because usually this is the portion of the podcast where I bring out the biscuits and um, say, can you rate them out of 10? But I'm pretty sure you've already had a digestive before in your life. (laughs) Yes. So what would you rate a digestive out of 10? Uh, Probably 8. That's a solid answer. And why is that? Because it's not too much chocolate or? Uh, Yes, probably. I mean, I, I like um, I like digestive by itself as well. Without uh, Without the chocolate. But um, uh, because I, I like the texture of them. Um, but the, the chocolate just adds that little bit more to it, which um, is probably why I'd like it. Great answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, Grandma, now we're on to the local shout-outs. Are there any local businesses that you'd like to shout-out and say that you'd like them? Yes, well, the, the Cromwell Cottage in Kislingberry, and actually we've seen that grow a lot over the years yes. because it was quite a very small place at one time but uh, it's really the, the service is very good the the meal is always nicely served and however busy they are you don't have to wait a terrifically long yeah it's good time. there isn't it yeah so um, yes I, I think i'd say the cromwell well grandma thank you so much for being on the podcast oh it was a pleasure Thank you for listening and you can find the podcast at Butcher Baker Podcast Maker on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Bye. Butcher Baker Podcast Maker, the food podcast series where we get to know a little bit more about the foods people enjoy from recipe favourites to biscuit chat.